Well, hey, good morning, Heartland Community Church. How are you guys? Good. It's good. It's a good day. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful just for all these people here, all of our volunteers, everyone who's been here praying and planning and preparing for for this space, just just carving out this space and our space online for you and me to run headfirst into the grace and the presence and the love of Jesus. Amen? I mean, that's, that's why we're here. If you're newer to Heartland, like, like I am, actually, my name is Brad. I'm part of our, our, our team of lead pastors here. If you've been around for a while, if this is your first time or first time in a long time, we know that so many of you have slowly been taking steps back to these in-person services or maybe jumping in with us online. What we want you to know is that that's what we're about. We are here to make space for building relationships that put Jesus first. And what that means is that at the end of the day, what we want to be about, what we want to be known for is Jesus. It's really simple. We don't want to be known by, by any name or any personality, any one person. We don't be, want to be known by, by a building or by a style or a, or a great service. We want to be known because this is, this is a community. This is a movement where Jesus reigns, where his grace, his mercy, and his power, all the things that we just sang about, that, that those things, that he holds center stage and nothing else. And so we want to fight for that in one another's lives, in our church, in our community, in our world. So we're just so thankful that you took a step to be with us this weekend. And we also would love for you to know, we don't just want to be a service to come to or something to watch online. This, this is indeed a community. And however, we can help you take a step to experience more of the community of Heartland. Uh, find someone out in the lobby. Maybe they're wearing a name tag. Swing by the hub, which is a great first step to introduce yourself, learn more about Heartland. There are plenty of people sitting in these seats around you that are trying as best as we can to follow after Jesus and want to lock arms with you and have stories to tell of God at work. And so we want to help you lock into that. Last weekend, I was watching online with our online community. I was home in Minneapolis during this in-between season that my family and I are in. And there's steps that you can take in that chat window there where people would love to meet you. Um, this morning is a special day. We join the world in honoring and celebrating uh, all of the moms in our lives. All of the moms, the, the stepmoms, the, the mother-in-laws, the grandmoms, uh, all the mom-like people. And so we honor all of you. Um, and I want you to know, especially to every single woman who is here in this room and who's watching online, that when God created you, he created you uniquely because you uniquely are able to reflect the invitational, tender, yet strong love of God. And if it weren't for you, we would not be able to experience that aspect of our, of our Lord, of our God, uh, without you. And so we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful that you're here. We hope that you experience that and can live from that place. Uh, we've been in a series over the past few weeks where we've been looking at the lives and journeys of a couple people way back in the ancient stories of the Old Testament who found themselves in between the promises of God and the promised land and how it's been raising to surface a lot of the in-between spaces of our own lives where we're living in that in-between space between some of God's promises and the promised land. We aren't where we were, but we aren't yet where we thought we would be. And today we're going to look at the story of these people, and uh, it's, it's fitting for today. It's a wonderful story. It's not an easy one. So when we thought about who, who is there that could really come and teach what God wants us to hear today, um, God brought to mind someone who's been a longtime friend of Heartland. So would you please, Heartland, give it up warmly with so much excitement for our friend, Brooke Brundage. Thanks, Brad. Well, good morning, guys. Ooh, you're a lot peppier than the nine. You had a couple more hours to sleep, didn't you? Hey, happy Mother's Day to my sweet mama. Happy Mother's Day. 
I hope that so many of you guys in here today feel cherished and honored and celebrated on Mother's Day. Also want to name the fact that like every holiday, it doesn't feel awesome for everybody. It might be a painful holiday for you. So just want, to know, want you to know that wherever you fall between celebratory and painful, you're not alone this morning. We're glad you're here. Well, I love how Michelle Pemberton, she's your children's pastor and my dear friend, describes parenting. She calls it the most difficult job you'll ever love. And I find that to be so true. Being a mom is so beautiful and so deeply painful at times. Well, these are my four kiddos. This is Ethan, Kira, Isaac, and Tatum. And they range from 13 to 19, four teenagers right now. So really, just any time you think of us, say a prayer, all right? <laughs> you can pray about anything. I'm sure we need it. Well, parenting, grandparenting, and caregiving is no question just an in-the-trenches job, isn't it? But this past year, you guys, it felt like the trenches became black holes, didn't it? Working from home, homeschooling, managing our parents' health and well-being, navigating our kids' mental health issues in response to their worlds just being turned upside down. A deeply intense sense of loneliness we have never been faced with before. As we're told that we can't gather safely with family or friends or coworkers, Watching the news each day ushered in one layer of loss. Trying to explain it to our kids in a way that didn't sound like apocalyptic and just deeply disturbing was like a whole nother layer of loss. The fear of getting COVID, the fear of losing family members and friends to this brutal pandemic, unfortunately came to fruition for so many of us. You guys, this past year has taken parts of us with it. We are different humans after experiencing such debilitating levels of fear and loss. As moms and parents and grandparents and teachers and coaches and caregivers, and I love the word Brad used, like just mom-like people, nurturing people, it's kind of felt like we're carrying the mountains we were meant to climb, doesn't it? Our bodies and our minds and our spirits are just deeply tired. Well, today we're looking at a scripture that involves waiting and heartbreak and tender hope. And you guys, I think we'll see ourselves in this story of waiting just a little background on the story. So we're looking at the lives of Abraham and Sarah. It's in the book of Genesis. And God has promised them that he will give the land to their descendants. And there's only one problem. There are no descendants. They've tried for years and years to have children, but it just isn't happening for them. As a matter of fact, the text says they've been trying for 24 years. And they're getting old. But listen to God's promise to them. In Genesis 17, 7 and 8, it says, I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants 
after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. Well, this wasn't the first time God had spoken this promise to Sarah and to Abraham about descendants. In fact, it was actually the third time. But it keeps not happening. Sarah still isn't pregnant and their faith is waning. And they doubt and they question and they wrestle just like we do. At one point, they even take matters into their own hands, you know, to kind of help God with his promise. So Abraham sleeps with his servant, which you can imagine does not turn out awesome. Then a little later in Genesis, they're visited by angels. So in Genesis 18, it says, then one of the angels said to Abraham, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife Sarah will have a son. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my husband is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. Have you guys ever been there? been in a place where you believe wholeheartedly that we serve an amazing God who is capable of anything. Yet, the stuckness, the challenges, the waiting, the pain remain. Somehow, God's promises don't seem to apply to your life. And sometimes we laugh, not because we think it's funny, but because we no longer are able to believe that God's miracles, God's promises, God's truths are for us. We see it playing out for others around us, but it feels distant, out of reach for our own life. I don't think Sarah was laughing in a jovial sense. I think it was a sarcastic but brokenhearted laugh. A deep realization that although God is capable, he apparently wasn't going to show up for her as she had hoped. Well, let's look at how this plays out. So in Genesis 21, it says, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. 
And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. You guys, in trying to study this scripture and really understand it, I was reading some things in my study Bible. So listen to how it describes Sarah's experience of waiting. It says, after repeated promises, a visit by angels, and the appearance of the Lord himself, Sarah finally cried out with surprise and joy at the birth of her son. This is the kind of laughter we're all longing for, right? But because of her doubt, worry, and fear, she had forfeited the peace she could have felt in God's wonderful promise to her. Listen to that again. This is how Sarah waited. It says, because of her doubt, worry, and fear, she had forfeited the peace she could have felt in God's wonderful promise to her. No question there were times in that 24 years Sarah's faith was hanging by a thread. But you know what this section of scripture is titled in my study Bible? The heading over this story reads, Waiting in Faith. So let's unpack that. Here's how Abraham and Sarah walked through this season of waiting. They doubted, they laughed at God in disbelief, they eventually took matters into their own hands, they worried and feared and forfeited peace. Ever been there? Yet this portion of text in the scriptures is called waiting in faith. There's something beautiful about that, isn't it? Because it gives us permission to, to be fully human while we wait and go through a myriad of emotions. Well, ultimately, after many years of doubting and waiting, Sarah finally responds to God's promise with sincere, joyful laughter. She delights in God's promise because it has finally come to fruition. I don't know about you guys, but I see my own story in the doubt, the fear, the worry, and the forfeiting of God's peace. So to me, the question we're asking ourselves this morning is this. How can we wait in hope, in delight, trusting that God's promises for us will ultimately come to fruition? And how can we adopt that posture into our everyday lives? Moms, let's talk about your everyday lives. Making lunches, giving baths, reading stories, driving carpools, helping with homework. Guess whose name often goes before each of those activities, before each action verb? Ours would, right? Mom's making lunches, mom's reading stories, mom's throwing in the 400th load of laundry that day. And you know what? It's the reality of who we are and how we are needed within the context of our families. We are typically the doers. The problem is, I think we take this same equation into our faith lives. We are so conditioned to being in charge, responsible, dependent on. 
that we take that right into our relationship with God. So what would it look like for us to make a shift? Moms, what would it look like for us to make a shift? In our lives with God, is it our name that appears in front of the vows? If it is, that would only be natural, right? But also not sustainable. And it causes us to push God out of the driver's seat so that we can be in charge of juggling all the plates. Natural? Yeah. Healthy? No. Full disclosure, you guys, I find myself falling into this trap constantly. I'm so used to being in charge at home that I bring that posture right into my relationship with God. So I adopted this practice a few years ago and I wanna share it with you guys. It's just a tangible way of constantly right-sizing God and then right-sizing myself. So we're gonna look at just a little bit of a psalm together. It's Psalm 23, just a couple verses. And let's see where God's name falls, especially in regards to the action verbs. It says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Do you notice where God falls in relation to the action verbs? How about where we fall? You guys, what would it look like to demote ourselves in the context of our relationship with God instead of constantly striving to be the verb doer? What would it look like if we learned to be the recipient? God gives, we receive. God acts, we rest. God strength, our weakness. So here's what I've been doing in my Bible as well as my devotional for the last couple years. Every time God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit is mentioned, I circle that. Then I underline the action verbs and then put a square around the word you or us, any, any word that relates to us. You guys, look at how this plays out over and over. God is the doer. We are the recipient. Let's look at it again in this context. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Do you feel right-sized? More importantly, does God feel right-sized? What would our seasons of waiting, of struggle, of discouragement look like if we fully believed that God was in the driver's seat? Yet there's still a tension to manage, right? Because we are often trying so hard to believe in the promises of God, yet also constantly staring into these circumstances around us that make God's promises seem impossible, doubtful, maybe even comical at times. 
You know, when my friend Seth first called me and asked me to speak this morning, my eyes lit up, my heart skipped a beat. You guys, I love this place. I love you people. I grew up here in so many ways. I went through utter heartbreak in my life several times and was lifted up and supported and so deeply loved by the people here. My second thought though, about coming back to speak here, I panicked a little because I knew some of you would notice that my last name has changed. And that's not the first time this has happened in my time here because of divorce, loss, heartbreak. I'm waiting, you guys, for my life to turn out in a way that seems to mirror the promises of God. So I'm here today living into this, trying so hard to keep my gaze on God's promises, but sometimes my head drops a little and I can't help but focus on my circumstances. And quite honestly, I'm pretty weary. I'm imperfect with two previous last names to show for it. The older I get, the more questions I have and the less answers. In my faith life, I praise God and thank him wholeheartedly and in the next breath, I wrestle with him and question him at times at deep guttural levels. So what about you? What are you up against? What are you waiting for, longing for? Maybe in your own life, maybe in the life of somebody you love deeply. You guys, what if the beauty, the abundant life that we're all searching for is inextricably linked to the waiting, the pain, the difficulties, the deep guttural prayers? What if our struggles, our weaknesses, actually serve as magnets to God's presence and God's strength? I listened to an amazing podcast recently of Brene Brown, and she's one of my favorite authors and speakers. She's a researcher of simple things like shame and vulnerability. And they were talking about learning to walk with fear in one hand and courage in the other. They were explaining the reality that you have to be able to hold joy and grief at the same time, because that's integration. They called it bothness. And you guys, we need this integration in our faith lives. Being able to hold God's promises in one hand and our tough circumstances in the other. So maybe the question is not simply what are you waiting for, but how are you waiting? I love this verse in the book of John. It's John 16, 33. It says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I have conquered the world. You guys, what if we could wait in this posture? Not with clenched fists, but with open hands. Well, I had an experience with waiting recently that I want to share with you guys. 
So a couple months ago, I got to go hang out with two of my best buddies in Colorado. So they're going to throw a picture up of these guys. Um, I'm over to the left in kind of a mustard-colored jacket. My best friend from high school, Joanna, is in the middle. We met at age 14. Um, my best friend from college, Mary, is on the right. We met at age 18. They've walked closely with me through the name changes, through cancer, through struggles with our kids, through failed relationships, through freaking everything. But before I even left Kansas City to head out there, we began to hear about this impending crazy storm, this epic snowfall that was supposed to happen while I was out there. So we tried to switch weekends, but couldn't get it to work for all three of us. So we just figured, eh, let's just see what happens. Well, while we were out there, we listened to forecasts multiple times daily and quickly realized I would need to push my flight back home at least a day. It then became two days. And then we awaited the snow. I called my kids and explained that I would get home as quickly as I could. I had one in particular who wasn't super happy about the plan. She had some stuff that it would have been helpful for me to be home, to walk through um, with her. And as you can imagine, nothing feels worse as a mom than feeling like you're failing a kid. But pretty soon, Denver Airport literally shut down. No flights in, no flights out. I-70 was completely closed. And it snowed and snowed. It was, in fact, epic proportions. It became the fourth largest snowstorm in Denver's history ever. And we were stuck up in the mountains. But eventually, we decided to embrace our stuckness. And here's what it looked like while we waited. You guys, I've been snowboarding with these two for 25 years. We have never seen snow quite like this. Look at the joy in these pictures. <laughs> what about you? Where are you stuck right now? What part of life feels like an impending snowstorm is in the works? Like the airport and the roads just might be shutting down. And what might God be able to do during your stuckness, in your waiting, to show you and teach you and provide for you? How can we lean into God's promises like the scripture in John talked about? Trusting him, unshakable and assured, deeply at peace, even when the circumstances right in front of us are tempting us to believe otherwise. There's no question the bothness exists for all of us. To some degree, we are always carrying joy in one hand and pain in the other. God's promises in one hand are difficult circumstances in the other. It's just the essence of life, isn't it? But you guys, we already know how the story ends. So is it possible to make our posture of waiting, of carrying both loads more like this? God's promises already won the day and he invites us to walk with him in this every day.
Let's look back at the scripture in Genesis to remember how God's promise played out for Sarah. It says, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. You guys, God is promising us, you and me, the same thing. He's consistent, compassionate, loving. He is just as faithful to us as he was to Abraham and Sarah. So let's take the promise that God made to Sarah and let's apply it to our own lives. We're gonna read this out loud together so it's a little audience participation, but I took Sarah's name out. So in the blanks, you're gonna say your own name. You guys ready? All right. Now the Lord was gracious to Brooke, as he had said, and the Lord did for what he had promised. Do you believe that? So we put this on a card for you guys and you can get one on your way out. Will you put it somewhere this week where you can look at it? And will you write your name in? God wants this for us, you guys. Let's learn to lean into that promise regardless of our circumstances. Open hands, hopeful hearts, our gaze directed upward just a bit as we give just a little more of our focus and attention to God's promises. So that although we are carrying things in both hands, the equation looks like this. Let's pray. Well, God, we come to you this morning with the realization that sometimes our circumstances, just the volume of our circumstances gets turned up so loud that we can't even hear you. But thank you for never giving up on us. Even when sometimes we linger for 24 years in doubt, in wrestling, in forfeiting your peace. Thanks for being with us every single minute of every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day, you guys. Good to be with you.